0: The following episode of the Culture Trumpet podcast may contain some fruity language, outspoken opinions, and of course, the grumpy man from Leeds. Enjoy. Okay, we're back.
1: Was it recording? No, it wasn't actually. Is it definitely recording now?
0: I can see it going. I'm transcribing.
1: Will it transcribe me calling Dana twat?
0: Waiting. Will it transcribe me calling done at once? Yes, it will. Near <laughs> enough. <laughs> anyway, right. yes. Hello. Okay. Um, we've been off for a while. Um, a couple of well, now it was about a couple of weeks ago. We did try to get together and do a Oscars episode for the ninety fifth Academy Awards, mm-hmm. but we won't talk about it because it didn't no. go very well.
1: No, it didn't. We we only got about half of it done because we were rambling. By the time well, we, you were rambling, we were rambling. You were by rambling. the time, it, by the time we were then free to finish it, the moment had passed. That that ship had sailed. Um, but. Basically, I think we spent most of the time saying how happy we were that Everything Everywhere, all at once, had won won a load. We had a couple of disappointments. Mine was on the Batman not winning Best Cinematography, which I thought was more than deserved for that film, because it looked fantastic.
0: And mine was Top Gun Maverick didn't win as much as it did. Or it didn't win or get nominated for categories that I thought it would have. But, you know, Mm. whatever, whatever. Mm.
1: But, you know, Everything Everywhere, I think, is fantastic that that came out of nowhere last year and it was on such a roll um winning award after award throughout the year and i think the oscars was just like the nice the the, the cherry on the cake for for that film everyone everyone involved uh was fully deserving of of their awards yeah that's about it really but that's the oscars it. yeah that's it so i think news wise i don't really think there's been much much of note um so this week um, we're going to focus on. This is going to be one of our kind of on generally uh, topic of the week episodes where we we just talk about one one subject. Um, and this week it is comedy. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have.
0: even the grumpiest of people need a laugh now and again.
1: I don't know what you mean. No. No. It's just what the script says. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Um, So we're going to do a quiz uh, where I'll win again. Probably, fair enough. Um, We do actually have um, a a, a quick interview that we're going to put in. Um, You may remember a few months ago we had Warren Budensky, an independent, one might say, micro-budget filmmaker from the UK, came on to talk about his uh, filmmaking adventures um, he's got a new film that he's just finished or putting the finishing touches to that's hopefully going to be out later this year so he came back on to have a chat with me about that so we'll drop that one in and then we'll be back after that with our the main bit of our topic of the week which is our top well we'll see how we get on but the plan is um, our top five comedy films, top five comedy shows, and then our personal worst this most disliked comedy
0: the best and the worst of best comedy comedies. and i think there are some excellent comedies mm. and some dog awful comedies and we've got lists for both
1: we have i mean i've in terms of the worst i've only got one on there because most comedies even a bad one get, will get you one or two chuckles. But yeah. there's, there's only one film, and I'm not going to spoil it now, there's only one that I have sat through without cracking a single smile.
0: We think this is going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit more random. I say it's a bit more random. They're all bloody random. But well, yeah. at least, yeah, it's probably a bit more light-hearted. That's what than- we're after, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, Cool. How do you want to start it?
1: Shall we just crack on with the quiz and get your Let's do out the away?
0: bloody quiz, and it's all uphill from there, then, isn't That's it? it. <laughs> right then, insert that fantastically produced ching- jingle? Jingle.
1: chingle jingle. <laughs> is it a <laughs> is chingle? A jingle? Is it a jingle? Is that a, a mix between a tune and a jingle?
0: Well, I was thinking more of the, the uh, famous sort of like disc-shaped crisp, and maybe a crisp Pringle. Jingle. I don't know. Anyway, no. I'll drop it in. Jesus. It's Dan versus Mark.
2: It's
0: Dan versus Mark. Anyway, cool. Right. Quiz. Usual format. Five questions. Five answers. They might be right. They might be wrong. Mark will probably win it. Um, and to keep on the the theme of the episode, it's about comedies. <laughs> um, so my questions contain questions. My questions contain questions? Yes. My questions contain both television and film. Oh, mine are film only, but
2: that's Ooh. cool. Ooh. So,
0: um, yeah, I mean, in su- well, we're not going to put any suspenseful music in there because we can't afford it. So, Mark, the first question is yours.
1: Does that mean I'm asking it or you're asking me?
0: A good question. You choose. Hey.
1: Um, you can ask. You start. Go on, you ask me. okay.
0: Okay, question one. What was Channel 4's The Inbetweeners originally going to be called?
1: Absolutely no idea.
0: That is not the answer I'm looking for, I'm afraid.
1: Can I get half a point if you give me a clue?
0: Not really, but um, I'll I'll give you a clue
1: anyway. (laughs) Go on.
0: Okay. I'm just, okay. Um, Nerds. Is that an answer? I hadn't given you a clue. If You wasted your half a point. I've wasted it, go on. Yeah, no, it's not that. All right. My clue would have been madness and the answer is baggy, baggy trousers. trousers.
1: Yeah. Oh, do you know?
0: That was that was there in the recessed pit of a, of your brain then, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. That
1: is one that I did I do remember them saying baggy. Trousers. there, trick, there yeah. were
0: some others. Let me just quickly in between us. I I'll, I'll give you some others as well, but it might have been called cool, baggy trousers, I think got quite close. Mm, uh, mm. uh, but other names did include, but Baggy Trousers was the most famous. Um, mm-hmm. Dickheads, <laughs> um, desperados,
3: oh right, okay,
1: legends, yeah, oh, yeah right. And
0: one, two, three, four, which is terrible. But the pilot episode was had a working title of Baggy Trousers, so yes. that's why that makes much more sense. And a fun fact for all you fact fans: um, Baggy Trousers was filmed with James Buckley, Jay, originally cast as Neil. Uh-huh. Mm. Has
1: the pilot ever been shown anywhere? Do you know?
0: I don't know. Hmm. I'd, I'd, like I'd, love to,
1: st- I'd love to see it, but yeah. Anyway. Sometimes they end up on YouTube or as yeah. extras, don't they? Or, or certain scenes anyway. Okay. All right. Interesting. Cool. Good question. Right. Yeah. Very good question. Rocket okay. Airplane. Yes. Is an almost shot-for-shot remake of which serious drama?
0: Uh, I've seen
1: this fact
0: but i can't remember it. Mm. No, nah, not a clue.
1: Zero Hour. I wouldn't have got that. So basically the filmmakers bought the rights to the script for Zero Hour and if if there is there's a couple of like side by side comparisons on YouTube that you can see the basically the dialogue is basically 90% the same but obviously they then threw in the visual gags and the 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 right performers and, and all that and, and airplane was born. Good film, very good film, very good film. What the what zero hour or airplane?
0: Considering I didn't know what zero hour was, I'm going to go with airplane on that <laughs> Fair one. Enough, yeah. Anyway, okay. Your question God, two: yeah. What was the first comedy that Adam Sandler has starred in, directed, and written? So all three.
1: I am going to go with the ridiculous six.
0: Way earlier than that, my friend. Oh, was
1: it? Oh, Way okay. earlier. Okay. The Water Boy was. Really. Really. Okay. So,
0: was, what was that?
1: Late nineties, maybe early nineties. Possibly, yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. I'm not a massive Adam Sandler fan. Oh, n- neither I'm am I. out there, but um, but you know
0: they think comedy. So I thought, well, yeah, Adam Sandler.
1: Again. And when I think comedy, Adam Sandler isn't the first name that comes to mind. That's fair enough. <laughs> but fair enough. Okay. But right. yeah, that's, that, that's that's a lot earlier than I than I would have thought. That's yeah, fair yeah. Agreed. Okay. Well, neither of, neither of us are doing very well so far.
0: <laughs> as long as both of us are doing terrible, I don't care. Yes.
1: <laughs> so in Back to the Future. Yes. When Mark is back in the 19, 1955, uh his future mother mistakes him and thinks his name is Calvin Klein. Remember that bit? Yes. Famous bit. Here's your question. In the French translation oh, of the film, what name is used instead?
0: Oh, there's me thinking you're going to ask what colour is pants. <laughs> Purple. <laughs> um, oh, It's got to be some sort of French fashion person. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, French fashion isn't one of my forte's. Oh, well,
1: come on. I know. We need to do a fashion episode, clearly.
0: Really don't. <laughs> now, I don't know if he was around at that point. But hang on. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say, shortly his pants still said Calvin Klein, though, in the movie. So they just... We
1: never see the pants. In... He watched she, it. On... she only says she saw the label on the pants. We never see the label.
0: The only French fashion designer I know is Jean-Paul Gaultier.
1: Oh, no. So
0: that's no. the only one that comes to mind.
1: Not him. No, he was definitely definitely not around back then. No. Pierre Cardin.
0: Nah, no clue. That's oh, a good go. piece of trivia, though, to be fair. Yeah, see. I'll have yeah. to ask one of my friends whose wife is French. See if she remembers seeing that as a child. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. I mean... That that was in the original French translation. They may have changed it back since then. Now, now
0: it's just Le Calvin Le Klein, isn't it?
1: Possibly. I think Probably. in the I think the Italian one was just hand movements. <laughs> Who was the Italian one? I think the Italian one was like Pepperoni. Levi now that's I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't know. Again, I think the Italian one was Levi Strauss, but uh, but anyway,
0: I thought Levi's were American.
1: Yeah, but I guess it's which brands are more well-known around the world. That's valid. What, That's what's valid. relevant? If you remember in Demolition Man...
0: Nope.
1: Well, you know the film Demolition Man. I'm aware it exists. So Sylvester Stallone's character, a policeman, wakes up in the future and they talk about the fast food wars. Oh, yeah, so I've in heard America, about that. In America, in the American version, Taco Bell won the fast food wars. But because that is, until recently... An exclusively American chain in the worldwide versions, it was Pizza Hut that won. Fun fact. So often they'll, maybe not so much these days, but certainly they used to change some of the references. I mean, I
0: have turned off for the record, I've completely stopped listening. (sighs) Because I go. could bore you with facts as Utopia slash Zootropolis, depending where you are geographically. Because in some of the news reports, it's different animals. But I'm not going to bore you with it because you didn't ask, like me.
1: Yeah, but but, but why is the why is what, the name Mark? of the film different but in what? the first but place? But why what? why is the name of the film different in the first place? Because
0: if Z- Americans have a problem with Utopia, I don't know. Ask no, Disney.
1: There's, there's a Europe. There's something in I think Germany that had the same name, so it's yeah. copyright. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Yoga. <laughs> See if you can get one. question three yes 2019's The Mm. Hustle starring Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson is a remake of which film films I'm
1: only looking for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels yes
0: I was only looking for the one yep Uh, and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is a remake of
1: *School for scoundrels
0: no Bedtime Story oh okay apparently fair enough but yeah, um, we watched. I remember watching The Hustle when it came out. I was like, this is quite fun. And mm. my wife went, hmm, this is a bit like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. We googled it. <laughs> went, yeah. oh, it is. So we watched is, that. Yeah. We literally watched them back to back. All
1: right. And um, we know which is the better film. Of course. Yes. Just <laughs> to blow
0: the bloody doors off. Anyway,
1: uh, your... Ca- 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 I, I got carry one. On. I got one. Okay, right then. Question three. In the opening montage of Hot Fuzz... Yes. ...Nicholas Angel is stabbed by who? Do
0: you want the actor or do you want the character?
1: Well, I was going to give you a bonus point for the actor.
0: Santa Claus. Yep. Peter... Sorry, Sir Peter Jackson. Correct. Boom. Very Not good. only did I get it right, I got the trivia bit too. Yes. Yes. Fantastic!
1: How's the hand? That's two points. How's the hand? (laughs) A bit stiff.
0: Oh, Mark, come on, let me down. Oh, sorry. Oh, you got red on you. Anyway, let's carry on.
1: (laughs) Wrong film. I don't care. (laughs) It's your go. Don't tell me to carry on.
0: True. Question four. (laughs) What item does Spotswood give Gary in case he needs to take his own life in Team America World Police? (sighs) Oh. America.
1: Oh Christ. uh This is out there. Cl- oh God. Oh, yeah. No, go on. Hammer. <laughs> that was it. <laughs>
0: That's all. That's oh. all I wanted. A hammer.
1: A hammer. It's so ever.
3: stupid. What a film. Yeah, yeah. What a film.
1: Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, in Spinal Tap. Yes. What was the name of the band's first drummer? Oh. And for a bonus point, how did he die?
0: <laughs> oh, no. I've only seen Spinal Tap once, and I remember what loving. The... I know, I know. I remember loving the gags of the drummers, but I can't remember a fucking name.
1: Uh, Sorry. John Stumpy Peeps. <laughs> and it was a bizarre gardening accident. Was it? Okay.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, no, not a clue. All right. This is. Dire, <laughs> uh, but we're laughing. That's all that matters. Anyway, we're, it's um, comedy
1: episode. have
0: got to laugh. So your question five, final question yeah. to gain some yeah. points. Yeah. Uh, um, what date was the final episode of Faulty Towers aired? You may remember it very well. Oh my god. I will. I will allow an allowance to try and get as close as you possibly can.
1: Can we go backwards from the year? Yes. Why would I remember it very well? I'm calling you old. Oh, fuck off. 1978.
0: <laughs> year out. I'll have to give you that. 879.
1: Okay.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't give you the Sorry. Carry on. Uh,
1: March. Nope. October. Mm, October, oh, well, there
3: you go.
0: And Hazard, a guess, at a... 5th. Um, 25th.
1: Well, I'll
3: you give
0: it. you a point, though. That's not bad. Mm, for what?
1: For 1978.
0: I said I will allow one either side. Well, oh, I didn't.
1: Oh, very generous, thanks.
0: <laughs> what? I'll change the question. We'll edit. It'll be fine. What year Brilliant. did the final episode
1: of Fawlty Towers air? I'm going to go 1979, and I'm just... I'm thinking October. Yep.
0: Towards the I'm get, end. I'm getting the word.
1: 25th. Yeah. Oh,
0: how Maybe. could you possibly have <laughs> known? Because you remember it well. Anyway. It. Boom.
1: Right. Like it was yesterday. <laughs> last. Last go, Last one for you. In the Big Lebowski. Yaha. Uh-huh. What really tied the room together?
0: I don't fucking know. Have you, have you seen, seen that film once?
1: Is the rug, man?
0: Oh, I would have had an answer, but that's okay. What
1: to... Why? What was you the didn't answer? Didn't even give
0: you me a go. Well, you just said you didn't know. Yeah, but I could have guessed. What would you have guessed? The rug, because my rug <laughs> in my room, the rug in my room ties the room together. So I would have yeah. guessed. Don't assume sure. I don't know feng shui. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking jumped the gun on that one, didn't
1: you? Well, that, that all worked. That all went really well, didn't it? Okay. Uh, so
0: think... let's let's quickly tot up all the answers. Hang on, let me just do some maths. You got two.
1: Did I two points? Yeah, you got dirty
0: rounds, rat- dirty, rat- dirty, rotten scoundrels, hmm. and I gave you a pity point for faulty <laughs> towers.
1: <laughs> well, you got one question right, but you got two points for that question. So that's a draw. That's a draw. Oh,
0: I don't even want to do a um. What do they What do they call them? Tie break. I because I can't no, I can't face
1: no. it. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh, good effort. Good effort. Oh uh, yeah yeah. Quiz out the way. We'll just have a change of tack with Thank um. God. <laughs> with a a quick uh interview um, once again with Warren, who's back to talk about his new film um, that is just as I said putting the finishing touches to, so um. We just have a little chat about that, um, how it came about, uh, some of the filming and kind of COVID challenges that he had. Um, cause it's been f- filming, you know, filming took place over a couple of years. Um, and um, he's kind of prepping it now for some festivals and, and hopefully picking up some distribution. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll link to the trailer in the description, uh, so you can all check that out. Um, it looks pretty good. Um, a bit of a lighter tone than his last film, Simon, which was uh, quite quite a dark movie. This one has a uh, still elements of darkness in it, but it looks a little bit bit more um, bit more light. But um, yes, um, over to um, past me um, speaking to Warren a few days ago, and then we will be back with our top fives and our worst. So see you soon. Right then. So we are back again, having a chat with uh, Warren Budensky, who joined us uh, a few months ago now, just to talk about his adventures in, in, I guess, micro-budget filmmaking, um, the ups and downs and the ins and outs of, of getting movies made and funded and, and distributed. And Warren is back now, to talk about his upcoming film um, called Dead Name. Uh, there's a trailer that's just been released, which um, I'll include in the uh, a link in the description. Um, so I just wonder if you can start off Warren, just giving us a little overview of the um, the story, just a, a kind of brief synopsis of of the new movie.
4: Uh, yeah, it's really. Uh... Think of my synopses (laughs) before coming on. Um, The movie is about um, a hit woman called Nia who's um, sort of retired and trying to find herself in life and she's dragged back into the fold because her brother has wronged a rival crime family and -hmm. it's going to start a gang war and their price to stop them from murdering everyone is for her to take him out. Basically, So she she goes on the hunt for him and she's led down a path of... Dark nightmares that are some are like real nightmares, and some more mm. spiritual and figurative that seem to start blending their way into her world.
3: Mm.
1: Okay, so um, I've, I've taken a look at the trailer. It does look does look quite fun. Well, no, fun's the right word. It looks looks uh, a, a good mix of kind of the, there's some kind of obviously realistic elements and and some fantasy kind of imagery in there um the tone looks a a little light in places um i think am i right in thinking it's a a bit of a a lighter tone than than uh, simon was uh
4: i think it's much more of a mixture because i I keep calling it sort of a horror thriller it's kind of on Mm -hmm. the verge like if, if i could think it would be something very, very akin to like a David Lynch movie. Mulholland Drive was a big influence.
3: Oh right, okay.
4: And the film sort of does that. So we kind of start with a what seems to be almost like a Guy Ritchie style crime movie, mm. and move more and more into and um, this surrealist dark territory as the film goes on. In fact, it's mm. almost the opposite way right round to the trailer, where the trailer starts dark.
3: Yes.
1: It's more light.
4: <laughs> uh, the,
1: the the lightness, I think, actually you you mentioned Guy Ritchie there. That I was getting those kind of vibes from it, which is where I perhaps got the kind of light mm-hmm. lighter element of it. But now you mentioned David Lynch and Holland Drive, I'm, I'm guessing, it, no, it's maybe not going to be quite such plain sailing as that. So I, I think when we spoke before, you said that, that you're in uh, kind of preparing a pre-production for this film. Is that right?
4: Uh, last, I think we were in just starting, sort of post. I think
3: oh, it was all oh, okay. It, you, you'd filmed think, already, um,
4: yeah. We filmed. We started filming back in two thousand nineteen. Right. We got most of the movie done, and then the pandemic happened, mm. and we had to work out a couple of ways to either get actors to finish a couple of scenes where they couldn't be together, mm-hmm. or um, and then after the pandemic cooled down, we added a couple of extra. We did a couple of reshoots to add an extra sort of. Horror, disturbing scene earlier in the film, so mm-hmm. a bit more into the horror territory. Okay, so in
1: terms of the funding and so on for this one, um, is this? Were you able to get all the money you needed ahead of time based on the you know the performance of the previous films?
4: Uh, this one kind of managed to get sort of a private investment. Mm-hmm. Uh from someone that gave us the majority of the money. And then we kind of lucked out of the pandemic as we sort of spent the money. And then once the pandemic happened, that gave us some time to edit and things, but also gain a bit more money to do the finishing touches.
1: Mm. So how close to, to a finished film are you
3: now then?
4: Uh, we're fully finished. Mm-hmm. Um, At the moment, like, if I look at it now, I'm just going to keep changing things as my mind changes. So I've had to like... Yeah the kibosh on it and just like that's it it's finished I've got everything I want in there mm. so I love it uh, watching it Um and now I'm just going to like if I look at it I'm just going to be like regrading things that I'm already happy with but yeah. seeing something else I'm like oh that grade looks cool
1: Is is that difficult to kind of resist the temptation sometimes because I know obviously there were lots of films of, of all kind of budgets and scales that were delayed over the pandemic and some were kind of just finished, and the filmmakers left them alone, but obviously some others would have taken the opportunity to tinker and, as you say, add more footage or tweak it here and there.
3: Mm.
1: How do you know when to stop
4: um so it's a good question. I found that originally we came in uh, a little short. we were about seventy two minutes long mm-hmm. so we were a little a little short for what I wanted us to be yeah. But, um, and then something came along and I decided to add chapters to the film to make it a bit more, not pulp fiction or mm. like Zack Snyder's Justice League kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's funky with those. Um, and then when we added the extra scenes, I then, once I added the extra bits, I watched it with a few people. And usually when I watch my own things, I get very nervous, very frightened. And it's just sweat and anxiety mm. the whole time. And when I watched it that time, I... Like right, watched it, enjoying it as a movie. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I should leave it alone now. Like, I've, mean, like, I've watching it as a film, and everybody's having a good time with it. Yeah, it with, and I'm having a good time with it. It's like,
3: this
4: is it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that that point at which you're happy, and is you kind of you can't, I guess, not not being big-headed, but you can't see any further improvement that could be made. Then, I guess, at that point.
4: Yeah. Right. And yeah. so. We can start feeling like, oh, I'm just going to change the movie completely, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make something different, and I said, that's not the movie I made.
1: <laughs> I suppose it can be difficult if, if if it's just kind of you sat watching it on on an endless mm. loop while you're tweaking until I, I guess until you get some feedback from other people.
4: Yeah, especially because you see every flaw, every yeah. flaw in the film. You're like, oh, yeah. is that yeah. oh, that bit's just a touch out of focus? So there's a camera wobble there. And mm. you watch it with someone who doesn't know what they're looking at, hasn't spent 100 hours staring at every minute detail. Yeah. Uh, they don't notice anything. Oh, okay.
1: So just just touching on... I guess... I, I'm guessing that this is something that is potentially spoiler territory, so I don't want to get into it in in too much depth if it is. Mm. The name of the film obviously has meaning
4: for, uh, yes
1: you know um first lgbtq plus um community so i'm guessing that's not an accidental
4: choice. Uh, no it's not um it was a placeholder title it is very much entwined with what the film's about or mm. um the subtext the way we sort of tell the story mm-hmm. about. and i found like a lot of people who aren't in that community didn't understand the title and it sounded cool to them. Mm,
3: mm, sure, yeah, um,
4: yeah. Uh, the people who I know in that community, and granted it's not a huge amount of people, they all thought the title was really good as well. Like, mm. I, I didn't know if it was going to be too on the nose or, you know, if it's going to just ring offensive.
3: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
4: But, yeah, it's, it is part of the story and some reveals later on. Mm-hmm. But I think the film also works if you know what it is when you're going in as well just sure. really interesting to see if people work it out
1: yeah and it is a cool name to be fair mm-hmm. <laughs> it is
4: a, it's a cool name so i guess
1: in terms of the, the the cast and crew for the film are these kind of people that you've worked with before are there any um or, or are you going out to to kind of get some new people involved either in front of the camera or behind mm-hmm.
4: There's um, a little bit of both, um, so Caspian, uh, most of my lead roles I'd worked with on a short film like um, if I can, if I'm looking, because I was looking for more local Because I used to live in London when I did the first film
3: mm-hmm.
4: and I ended up moving to Swindon, down in Wiltshire, so trying to get people down from London it is, you know, fairly straightforward, but sometimes those train tickets like really hike up in price. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, looking for more local people i sort of found some and failed miserably on other fronts but um the, pu- the main leads i worked with on some short films uh-huh. so i originally had some money and made a couple of short films that were supposed to be part of an anthology series and um right um we were setting up with a bunch of local filmmakers and i met them for that and we shot some stuff and I made my shorts, but the project fell apart because uh, nobody else made their shorts and there was a lot of sort of weird um, behind-the-scenes politics going on right. on that one. Okay. But um, when I met Caspian on that one, um, I then got the idea for this film. I thought, oh, they'd, they'd be good um, for this. Mm. And they've got sort of a fairly androgynous look and it turns out they're uh, non-binary as well okay um, right so i'd like to say i could take credit for casting as someone from the community but i just lucked out they just happened to like <laughs> fit the energy <laughs> i was looking for and it turned out oh that's why
1: <laughs> yeah okay no that's 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 cool um one thing i have to ask about uh, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the masks um that we see in the trailer and, and on your on the film's facebook page there's some nice shots where, where are they from were they made for the film and and who who put those together for you if they were
4: uh they weren't so the wolf's masks um just happened to be store-bought and sort of like repainted a little okay. um i think uh, it was actually my mum that did that because she always wants to work on film stuff mm. and she's very artistic she uh, made some masks for another film that i worked on called the heiress okay there's some old victorian style masks so i asked for help on that and then uh, there's another character called the shadow which is mostly just um like one of those morph suits and the black suit just to oh, course, the contrast, yeah. yeah knocked up to give them a more um blank look okay now that's cool i I'm-
1: Certainly, in terms of the the visual style, um, again, obviously, you know, trailers are are kind of there to highlight and get people in, but it does look, um, like (laughs) I don't know how to say this without it, it sounding like damning with faint praise, but, um. It looks like a bit of a step up, let's say, in terms of the visual style and, and the kind of production values and quality, um, if, the, if that's not being rude about yeah, your no, older that,
4: work. <laughs> that absolutely is uh, the case. Because, um, yeah, we had better cameras. We were mm. more experienced. Yeah. Um, so I shot my DP, Keith, and we've now um, created a much better shorthand hmm. uh, on this one. and. We just had a bit more crazy flow. Like there was no idea that was too crazy, and I wanted to collaborate a lot more on this one. I decided for well, the first film. I was just try- I ended up going to I think mainstream or trying to be mainstream and not you know not having millions to do it with. Uh-huh. And that's what I thought. Okay, we're gonna be we're gonna be a niche cult film. like Let's come. If anybody has a crazy idea for how to shoot some of it, let's go for it. Uh-huh. So we get more extreme with some of our angles, like taking yeah. influence everywhere. And um, just going with, uh, going with more gut feeling was my design for this one. Instead of trying to plan everything, or have a plan, but also just you know, like going with my gut to try and like figure out not overthinking stuff. Yes. And it worked out, luckily.
1: Did you have a bit more money on this one as well?
4: Yeah, so we had a bit more. Money, so we could pay people this time or pay most people this time, and yeah. we had a better camera, so we upgraded to the Blackmagic cinema camera.
1: Oh, right, okay, that's that is a quite a big upgrade,
4: yeah. So we were Canon 600Ds on Simon, yeah, very small, and then these Blackmagics, and because they're a bigger sensor as well, like you need you don't need as much light, of course, to get through scenes, yeah, uh, which helps. And I learned to color grade much more, so I could play with. The uh, looks of scenes. Yeah. And I knew what I kind of wanted going in, so all I had to do was get the the lighting right on how I wanted the scene to look, and if I wanted to change it, and if I knew what the colors were in my head, I could kind of visualize what that was going to look like with the lighting styles. So yes. if we didn't have the proper gels, you know, I knew I was like, I can change that to be kind of like purple. But we also had gels for things. So there's like when we blow out with blue and. Have all sorts of crazy like dream sequences in the film. Hmm. So in terms of
1: those cameras, are they four K or higher?
4: Uh, this is the four K one. So yeah. I ended up buying a sort of secondhand one. Right. Because I think the pocket or the Ursa just came out when we were filming. So I was like, let's go back a generation because it's cheaper. Oh yeah. But it still does what I need it to do yeah like yeah you know, it's not suddenly become a bad camera. did you find
1: in in that increase in resolution meant you had to be um, more uh, i remember. i I remember when there was the jump in on on t v from standard definition to high definition a lot of the t v shows kind of suddenly realized they had to have a lot more detail in their sets and the set, you know, that had to work a lot harder because all of a sudden they, these new cameras were picking up a lot of the uh, um, imperfections, let's say, in, in, in could, could be props, could be even, I, I think some actors were concerned that they, the, their wrinkles would finally show up <laughs> and, and they'd look older. Did you find any um, disadvantages in that jump to 4k in terms, for all the as you say the bigger sensor lower light etc etc were there any downsides that you found in in that increase
4: um i don't think we did specifically on anything within the scene because i think um we have the same trait that a lot of that i think a lot of indie filmmakers think also where they end up building a scene too much, like mm. we seem to see bigger productions, they basically sort of get what's going to be on in in the shop, mm-hmm. uh, where it's sort of like agonizing what posters on the wall, and we're never shooting that direction. Mm. So, mm. and a lot of the places we use were existing locations. So I think the hardest thing is when we have blank walls behind. Oh, right. Yeah, and you're like trying to find something to put behind someone. So yeah, it's slightly more interesting. And um, The other thing that's difficult is this, is um, noticing when the lens is dirty, because the, the screen on the actual camera, and we didn't have field monitors, because that's a downside for the original 4K, is mm. it's only got an SDI port, so no HDMI and at the time, because um, right. we I'm used to shooting through a viewfinder anyway. Yeah. So we were used to just looking through that. But every now and again, you'd get a scene where the lens was dirty and we'd have to, like, reshoot it after
3: trying Mm. to edit
4: it together. Um, And the other thing, I guess, is um, space. Because shooting in 4K takes up a lot more memory, so you end up buying way more sort of external hard drives.
2: Yeah.
1: Does that... Yeah, I was thinking of that as well, because obviously now you're asking the computer to deal with files that are, you know... What four, four times the resolution, something like that? Yeah. So does that then slow down the editing process while you're waiting, or is it an excuse to go off and buy a, a new PC?
4: Um, I'd love to buy a new PC. Been trying to <laughs> trying to get the family on board to like chip it because it's so yeah. expensive. I actually have a, a MacBook that I edit on, and I was terrified that we wouldn't be able to edit.
3: Okay. It's
4: a MacBook, and it actually edits fine, but it's oh. the um the rendering where you try and render out a file all right okay leave that overnight and the next day (laughs) god (laughs) yeah i had a funny moment where um funny couple times where and we ended up having a break so long in the film um several of the actors changed their professional names so i had i had the finished edit all locked and then Mm. suddenly found out on facebook one of the actors had a different name was like do you do you want me to update your name in the film Mm. So, like, oh no, it's fine, they'll just put as so and so in the so, yeah. But with our title, I feel it's uh <laughs> wrong to, <laughs> misname. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you raise a good point. And then somebody else got another change on their agent's recommendation, and then just recently, another one. None of them told me.
1: Oh, that's useful.
4: <laughs> so, their names changed. It's like, do you want me to update this? And then it yeah. took like a day and a half to re render.
1: <laughs> so, are they? So you, you've mentioned there um, David Lynch and and Guy Ritchie. So, mm. in terms of of your influences, then for this film, not just for this film, but but in general, who who's kind of had a biggest impact on you in terms of um, the the kind of genres that you've that you've tackled and and kind of where you want to head in the future? Where where are those influences
4: coming from? Ooh. Um, got a couple. So um, one of my original sort of like film influences was kind of, and it's going to be like a left field choice. <laughs> it's uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> he did like The Resident Evil's Mortal Kombat.
3: Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah.
4: But somehow he made those like $40 million movies seem kind of accessible while still being mm-hmm. stylish. And the audio commentaries that he does for his films are full of so much technical info. Mm, so uh, it's always something very big to learn David Lynch was another massive influence on this one for Uh sure Uh Uh, just in style and like being able to do things outside the box Mm -hmm. and um, the other big one for this was Takashi Miike Japanese director oh yeah okay yeah I've got a bunch of his movies and of course a lot of his early films are super super micro budget yeah Uh, from what I've heard, like some of them are like less than the equivalent of sort of 10 grand. Mm. And I'm always fascinated. There's one, I think it's a film called family where they shoot a scene on the beach at night, but the camera can't pick up low light that well. So they crank up, they just crank up in the scene, the um, game for it. And you know, it goes down to like 15 frames a second, Mm. something. So it's super grainy, like they're moving weirdly because you know it's the wrong like frame rate yeah and it doesn't feel bad like it feels intentional like this is part of it so i took influences from that kind of thing and, like blowing out the colors and things there's another film of his um i want to say it's called for the sake of love right and it goes through every kind of weird color grading and things it's a musical as well hmm. so those are the songs they'll like blow up the, uh, the, the film grain on it and then they'll put out the contrast and saturation and then jump back till like the rest of the scenes shot and then they'll just change the lighting completely and so I was like if he can do stuff like that then I can kind of do like, I'm free to do stuff like that as well not exactly yeah, yeah. trying to copy him but like it opens up ideas
1: yeah that you, you don't have to be constrained by hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, as I said last time, we were talking about kind of filmmaking in general. You'd finished filming on this one and we're doing the edit. Have you got your next project lined up? Uh, Do you know what you're doing for your next film?
4: Uh, Yeah, actually, I'm uh, casting it at the moment.
1: Okay. Right. Um, And anything you can tell us about it so far? uh,
4: This one's going to be. something slightly different. Um, This one's more of a sort of heist and female revenge movie sort of mixed together. Okay. Um, Decided for this one. um, I'm going a bit more back to basics. Uh, I've I've got a few independent investors interested and up for funding it. Mm -hmm. and um, I just wanted to do something that's outside of the realm of horror just to say, you know, I've done it. So if I get like pitch and hold into horror I'll be happy as you know as I can be and I can just say like I did something different once mm. as well
1: mm. are you kind of looking around other any other genres kind of kind of sci-fi or more fantasy or or is horror your kind of main main area at the moment
4: um I'd definitely take any of those if I if I had an idea that um. I thought would work for it, or if I found like a script, like something I want to try and do next after this is try and work on someone else's scripts. Okay, so any shot stuff for me, or I've worked as like just a camera operator and editors on other people's stuff.
3: Yeah,
4: I'd actually be really interested in directing off somebody else's script.
3: Hmm. Um, okay. Well, that that
1: okay. And
4: where are you at with this
1: film in terms of? screenings or distribution deals or, or anything like that is it is it close to being seen by by people and how's the release
3: looking
4: um, at the moment we're we seem to be just in that lull of waiting for festivals to decide if they're showing us or not so we right. probably I think mid-summer we get most of those answers for possible like viewings September onwards. Okay.
1: Oh wow, that
4: um, that far away. Yeah, it's like a big, a big wait. Like we had a few that we submitted to last year that um, decided they didn't want it for some reason. But mm-hmm. I ended up talking to someone who sort of like promotes stuff online, like does film promotion things,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, as a, as a job and they kindly just gave me some advice that basically you need to sort of build an audience to get festivals more interested in seeing you. Cause it seems like a lot of the festival circuit is about, you know, they want to bring in an audience. So if you've got one, they're more likely to, to show you off. Cause they, you know, they'll get more people in hmm. than if you're a completely unknown kind of entity. Same with the distributors. I'm gearing up to, um, talks and distributors, so. Uh, Again, trying to show that, like, hey, we kind of got this audience. Like, we mm. think it would be this cool, quirky thing to add to your, to your um, catalogue.
1: Mm. Okay. Well, I, I mean, your you previous films seem to have done okay for the, for those distributors. So, hopefully, they shouldn't take too much persuasion.
4: Hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Simon seems to be doing pretty well um at the moment we're still on netflix so still on prime we survived i think two purges on prime oh
1: really okay so you're still getting your little notifications through when when someone buys it on prime or rents it
4: um i'm waiting for my it all goes to the distributor and i have to get some reports and right like granted the last year um we didn't I get so many views on simon but i think that's mostly because like i haven't been promoting it or anything i've been mm. moving on to this one and things so you yeah, know i didn't do a huge amount of business but so i'll let go and like waiting for the next big one so we should get our first um like netflix um information like later on in april okay well i will be so, interested
1: to see how it how it's doing if if it's still on there, I guess. Yeah. Netflix do seem to be fairly ruthless with things. If people aren't watching it, they've seem they're, they're quick to get rid of it, aren't they? So
4: Yeah, absolutely. And apparently the reviews have been quite good on Netflix, I've been told. Oh, <laughs> someone that's was good. saying yeah, someone was saying I should be proud. And I was like, Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, the reviews are really good. I thought, oh cool. I uh I don't tend to read them and that crazy person who sees 10 good ones, one bad one, and then fixate on the bad one.
1: Yeah, it could be a bit of a, a rabbit hole if you kind of go down go down that route, can't it? I think a lot of people, a lot of filmmakers try and avoid reading reviews for the same reason.
4: Yeah. Uh, just, um, was, go on. I was just going to say, I also see a bunch of filmmakers who get like really, take it really personally, get upset, and then start fighting with people online. Mm. And i like, someone can dislike, a movie, it's fine. (laughs) It's not everybody's cup of tea.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, well, it sounds really, really promising how things are going. Uh, I did enjoy the trailer. Like I say, I I like the kind of changing tone. Um, I'd certainly be interested in maybe catching up again once you've heard back from some of the festivals and, and we've got some, hopefully some, Dates for when people will be able to watch the film.
3: Oh,
1: um, uh, so def- definitely uh, keep in touch, and and we'll we'll have another chat later in the year. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. Un- until then, thanks, thanks again for for coming back and having another chat. And um,
4: so thanks for having me.
1: No problem. By all means, um, when you're. Next film, because you seem to be a workaholic. So when your next film is uh, gearing up and ready again, give us a shout and we can we can give you a plug and and, and have a chat. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. No. All be- best of luck, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing the finished
4: film. Well, thank you very much. It's time for topic or topics of the week.
1: And we're back in the room, lovely. So, um, so that was Warren. As I said, I will drop a link to the trailer into the description, so you can check that out. And um, we'll hopefully hear from him again um, when the film is is due for release, uh, and um, for any future projects he's got coming along. So now back to the chuckles with some comedy chat. Agreed. Um, let's start with our top five comedy films. Top five comedy films.
0: Okay. I mean, <clears throat> comedy's so subjective. You can, mm. you know, you've got so many different styles. You, know, you mm-hmm. Black comedy, you slapstick, and all that kind mm-hmm. of jazz.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think when you're a kid, comedy's very slapstick. You know, somebody getting hurt. And, oh, it's funny. And, you know, I don't think they've made a decent belly hurting comedy like side splitting comedy for years or I've not been given one to watch kind of thing. Mm. Mm. I think the last film I remember going to see that I was properly hurting and my face was you know hurting from smiling was The Hangover which I don't think is considered an all-time great. Mm. But at the time I thought it was it was hilarious. Mm. So you know, I wouldn't put it my top favorite, but for me, The Hangover is up there. Two is a bit shit, and three, I think, ties it all up really well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Hangover films, I think, are very fun, um, decent concept. You know, we've—I say we've all. Some of us have been on stag dues. Um There's always that one person that takes it too far, and mm. it, I think it's semi-relatable. But when you're watching it at 15, it isn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know getting drunk on a night out and going, oh shit, what did we do? Mm. We've all been there at least once.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Is that your number one, then?
0: No, I didn't say it was my number one. I just say it's up there with, in the okay. top five. I, I don't okay. know what would be my favourite. I've got a couple. i
1: got a couple. <clears throat> got a couple all points. right. Okay. But that's that's one of your top five.
0: Yeah, I say
1: so. Okay. Okay. I'm going to kick mine off. Uh, yeah, I guess in, in no particular order. Um... I'm going to kick mine off with Team America. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Um, Just ridiculous. Just, I mean, I mean, it's beyond ridiculous. I mean, it's just from start to finish, it's just fucking insane. Um, Because not only is it like
0: obviously from the creators of South Park, it's offensive. Yeah, Yeah. they are in. Personating all these world famous actors that didn't have a say yeah. Um, but most important it's done with fucking puppets like like yeah. come on
1: yeah it, it is brilliant it's just technically it's fantastic right i mean it's just as you say, the puppets the model work everything is just absolutely spot on in that kind of thunderbirds style um the jokes are fantastic the the you know, yeah, the the voice acting, and it's just...
0: It's Matt just... Damon. It, it's, just a,
2: it's so a, offensive. But, Dur- you
0: know. Durka, Durka.
1: Oh, don't. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Don't. It's insane, and it's like... I'm not going to do this all kind of, oh, they wouldn't get away with it now. Oh, like, well, you've you know, spoiled things. what I'm
0: going to talk about later, then. <laughs> but But...
1: They couldn't. No, they
0: couldn't. The world is such a different place. When, was, when did that come out? What, 2003, 2000 Something like
1: that, yeah. 2004. Oh, close enough. Um, but it's just, there's even like... There's the puppet sex scene. Oh, the, the, the throwing
0: up scene is very good.
1: The, the, have you seen the uncut version? No. Which was released, I think, only on American DVD. It wasn't released worldwide, and I don't think it's ever been released on Blu-ray. But the the uncut version oh, God. includes a longer sex scene, of course, which includes one of the <laughs> <Sorry>. characters <laughs> shitting on the other one.
0: Oh, no, I have heard about that. Uh, oh, no. It's
1: just like, no. what, the, what the fuck is this? But it's it was just, what
0: I remember oh, watching one of the God. featurettes and it was like we need to do this now because we'll never be able to do it again and it's probably yeah. not gonna let us do another one. Yeah. And don't forget, that was the original Kim
1: John, who's now dead. Yeah. Um,
0: but the fact his little sing song is such He's it's such little. a silly, silly, silly film.
1: And I think it's one of those examples you you hear about it often, but it's one of those examples where they intentionally Pushed it so far that even after they'd been made to edit it down to avoid an NC-17 rating, <laughs> they st- they ended up with the film they wanted. It's like the sex scene was intentionally so over the top
0: that whatever got cut, you knew it was still going to be ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Okay. The, the, that 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 is what the MPAA would focus on. Oh, th- I see. And say that has to go. Because it's so <laughs> we over. We the don't
0: top. like steamrolling, but everything else. Exactly. On. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's just like they focus on that so much that they kind of forget all the other offensive stuff. So that's it, a it,
0: that's a very common technique for ratings, though, isn't it? It is.
1: Like, you have those sacrificial shots. Yeah, yeah. That draw attention away from the other stuff that you want to keep in, and I think that's a perfect example. But if you ever find the American DVD somewhere cheap and you've got a multi-region player, Do it. just it just insane.
3: Okay, but, no, that's, that's yeah, a good Team recommendation. American.
0: I'll I'll Brilliant. also throw in there uh, again from South Park the um bigger, longer, and uncut film. Mm-hmm. That's a very very fun movie. I've yep. not given any of the new ones on Paramount Plus ago because I, I don't watch South Park, but I watch that as a film and uh, it's it's again super offensive, super silly, but you know yeah yeah right.
1: yeah absolutely very Indeed.
0: very good um recommendation hmm Okay, so another film that I mean, I'll, I'll go. Okay, I'll go with a TV show this time. Growing up, I used to like comedy uh, TV shows. My parents used to watch them, and as you sort of you know, turn a, a, a tween, you're allowed to sort of watch something a bit later, sort of a bit mm-hmm. more blue. One of the first TV shows that I remember watching, which was an outright comedy, was Phoenix Nights by Peter Kay. Oh yeah, still one of my favourite. You know, it's a limited series, only two, like twelve mm-hmm. episodes or something, mm-hmm. and. I go through a watch, a rewatch of it every year or two. I still mm. think it's brilliant. Um, yeah, some of that. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be able to make those gags these days. Mm. But the thing that I think people find it strange that I relate to it. I don't. No, sorry. People find it strange that I like it so much. is because I'm not from like where, where I've grown up. It wasn't like working men's clubs, mm. and the club circuit. So but I don't know what it is I'm a big Peter Kay fan and it's just so mm. again it's just silly it's funny yeah yeah um,
1: yeah I, I've forgotten all about Phoenix Knights to be <laughs> honest but you're right it is a fantastic show um, I'd
0: love to see a new, another series because again I don't think I with these kinds of limited series you look at The Office um, Faulty Towers without giving too much away it's mm. they know when to stop but I don't mm. think they've done enough with Phoenix Nights. But I know there was a big falling out with some of the creatives and Peter's ego. Yeah. So you know, yeah.
1: I get but, it. You say they know when to stop, but John Cleese is doing another se- series of fucking. Yes, because he's got an, he's
0: got the fifth divorce to pay for. Don't forget. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. He, he's become this. We'll we'll talk about Cleese in a minute because mm. mm. the Knobhead has got some answering.
1: Yeah, I think. Phoenix Nights, I don't know if I'd like to see another one. Because I do think it's a product of its time.
0: Not think it would be funny for Potter now running like a Spoons or a nightclub, because that's Mm, the way that the world's moved.
1: Maybe, maybe I guess, maybe. But those characters were very much in that world. Yeah, I get that. And I don't know whether they would all... Still be and, in that world. Or, or whether they would translate to a different world. No, I get it. Because he did like the Max and Paddy stuff, didn't he? Which was the spin-off. Yeah, that was good. Which, which was alright. Um, But yeah. But I, I I like that he's gone off and he's, he's done like car share. I thought car share was fantastic. That was good. I love car share. you dogging. That, dog <laughs> <laughs> that, that <laughs> scene is and I like that because when you watch the outtakes and the bloopers, uh, yeah, he's laughing just as much in the finished scenes as he is in the outtakes. It's like I like that they kept a lot of the genuine laughs and giggles. Yeah, my my
0: favorite. The, scene but the stuff with Smith. Uh, I was say our friend. I say our friend of the podcast. He's <laughs> never been on you, but we talk about him quite a lot. Uh, come the hot stepper. Oh god. My favourite scene from that though is where Peter runs out to put post in the um in the post box because he's Mm. at a red light. And then he starts running back and he just goes ass over tit. I don't know what it is, but you just think, oh,
1: okay, he's running back. (laughs) It's
3: so silly. The the one where there's the
1: fancy dress party and there's the smurf. I can't remember it, that. There's, there's, there's the workmate dressed up as a Smurf, but it, it's fucking Varys from Game of Thrones.
3: Oh, <laughs> right. <Christ. laughs> I remember that now.
1: And, it, and he's like pissed, or she, the character's fucking yeah, hammered. Yeah. And but the voice keeps dropping to a yeah. low. It's <laughs> like you know. <laughs> I forgot it was Lord Crunking Varys. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, anyway, that wasn't... Uh, Carshare wasn't I mine. I <laughs> bloopers endlessly. Yeah. Sorry, it wasn't F- yours. Phoenix you Nights Phoenix Nights, but good choice. I'm, I realised
0: I was not really prepared for this. I'm winging it. Most of mine mm. are TV shows. That's anyway, right. carry on. That's
1: all right. How many have you got in total?
0: I've probably got... Well, I've done two, but I've probably okay. got another couple. But honourable mentions I'll go with.
1: Honourable, yeah, yeah. No, but I th- but also, sorry. If you go back to Phoenix Nights, you can see a lot of those performers in that have then since gone on to kind of be in a lot of other programs as well. Yeah, and I,
0: I mean, Paddy McGuinness comes to mind. I yeah. like Paddy. I didn't rate him as a stand-up, mm. and I think he just he got it off the back of oh, he's a funny actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. I I really like him as a presenter. I loved him mm. on Top Gear because that was that was what Top Gear needed when those three left. And yeah. Chris Evans got sacked. Yeah. he's just a shouting ginger prick. <laughs> Not that his haircut has got anything to do with him being a shouting prick. No, but yeah, you know, to, to make sure you know who I'm on about.
1: Yes, absolutely. Exactly.
0: Um, and you know, Paddy Paddy seems a genuinely nice bloke. Doesn't? Yeah, doesn't he forget does his roots fair. from Bolton. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he just seems to genuinely enjoy what he does.
0: I'm sad that Dave Spikey, Jerry St. Clair, he mm. doesn't do much anymore, but I know him, yep. Neil Fitzmaurice, who played Ray Vaughn and, and yep. Peter, they mm. all, I think, had a bit of a hoo-ha, because mm. it was always Peter Kay's Phoenix Knights, and Peter Kay was yeah. winning
1: the awards. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, mine. I'll got a TV for my next one, um, and that's I'm slightly cheating here just because I couldn't pick one, right? Anything with Vic and Bob. Seriously? Yeah. So, what, like shooting stars? I love Vic and Bob. I remember when Vic Reeves' Big Night Out first started back...
0: 1945.
1: (laughs) Back on Channel 4, I was hooked. Absolutely. I love just, like, surreal, absurdist humour. Now and, and and then they're Bang Bang, Smell of Reeves and Mortimer, Shooting Stars, House of Fools, Oh, and then the Revive Big Night Out on BBC four. Oh, just just love them. So
0: Absolutely I love my him. first introduction to Vic Reeves was when he took over from Brainiac. Took over on Brainiac from Richard Hammond. Oh,
1: oh really? Yeah, oh, and, wow. I,
0: and I didn't like it. Okay. But then I've I know as I've grown up I've watched Vic Reeves and, and Bob Mortimer, and I don't yeah. like them together. However, oh. Oh. put Bob Mortimer on his own on mm. Not uh, Would I Lie to You. Yep, Yeah. Best episodes you'll watch for that season. season. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I can get where you're coming from, but I think you had to... Again, I'm not calling you old on this point, but I think that's a generational thing.
1: Possibly. I Be- don't yeah. get it. Because when they started, there was no one like them. No, agreed. That absurdist kind of thing. They had a bit of a. They had elements and kind of callbacks to to people like Morecambe and Wise. Certainly Vic, in terms of Eric Morecambe, very kind of reminiscent in some of his kind of mannerisms. But as a as a double act and as a as a show that they did, like Big Night Out and yeah. Bang Bang and Smell. Nothing like that was on television. And then, obviously, when they did Shooting Stars and it just completely deconstructed the whole panel show yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I guess you had to be there. I can
0: appreciate that.
1: Mm. That's a, but, I mean, that's a, you
0: know, that's a very honourable mention. Uh, having sorry, said a, worthy, that, a worthy mention.
1: Having said that, you're right. Bob Mortimer on his own on, on Would I Lie to You, Bob and Paul Go Fishing, Love that program. He's great with anyone. Yeah, Vic, Vic and Bob together work obviously as a pair perfectly. But I don't think Vic works with anyone else. Vic only works with Bob. Yeah, I don't oh. mean work as in it won't work with anyone. As a as a as a, in terms of a, like a double act, his thing only really is with Bob. If you know what I mean. Whereas yeah, I, Bob. I Bob can kind of. Go off and do his thing on his own, or with Paul Whitehouse, or in a panel show. He he's much more flexible in terms of his style and and fitting in with other presenters and other formats. Whereas Vic is either It's Vic and Bob or Vic on his own. Yeah, if that makes sense. It does it does. Um, but yeah, okay, can go on then.
0: Okay, um, I, not an honourable mention. This is a straight up comedy film that I remember watching for the first time, and I. <laughs> it's gonna sound bad i'd love to get hit in the head so i could forget it and watch it for the first time again
1: i mean that can be arranged
0: um Step
1: Brothers. okay
0: because because it was the first film that i watched with will ferrell that i didn't want to gouge my eyes out oh wow i actually <laughs> thought it was funny
2: all right okay and
0: i can't ah uh, the bloody director is going to annoy me one, one sec Elf. Was it
1: Adam McKay?
0: Yeah. So it's yeah. an Adam McKay movie who I've seen a few of, and yeah. obviously he's done loads. And I find him quite amusing. Yeah. Um, I don't always find Will Ferrell funny, which I think is a well-known fact from mm. various mm. different people. Yeah, But that film, I just thought, was great. It was stupid. And, you know, those people do exist that never grow up, never leave home. And, mm. Mm. But it's just the stupid... Brotherly shit, like I, I'm, I'm an only kid. I don't have to worry about that. But you know, who's teabagging? You teabag my, tea, tea my drum set, and it's just like the pranks they pulled, and yeah, we got Bill bunk bed. I thought it was fucking <laughs>
1: brilliant. It is a film. Now, I am a Will Ferrell fan, and I'm a John C. Riley fan. But it's a film that when I first watched it, I wasn't that keen on. It's one Fair. that. It's not, it's, it was funny. I just don't remember it as like a highlight of either of their filmographies. But I think it's one that maybe I just need to go back and watch again. Mm. Uh, but I am a fan of both of them. Uh, and as you say, Adam McKay's made some great films yeah. over the years. So, so yeah, no, that's, that's a good call. That's a good call. That's, that's, that's me. That's a kind of, that's a me problem, that it's not <laughs> That it's not one of my favourites, if you know what I mean. I, I do need to go and check it out again. Um, my next one is, we've talked about it already briefly, and there's not much else to be said, Airplane.
0: I mean, that's about it, isn't it?
1: That's it. I mean, I was tossing it up between the Airplane, Top Secret, or Naked Gun, but it started with Airplane really so I think that that's the one you've got to kind of go with classic there you go it's funny every single time very good and it relaunched Leslie Nielsen's career as a comedy actor because he'd been a serious dramatic actor before then was he yeah yeah he was oh, yeah. in yeah he was a proper drama actor and you know he did oh I mean, he was in Forbidden Planet um and lots of other drama stuff, and that was the first thing he did that was a comedy, but they got him because he was a dramatic actor, and that would make it funnier because he was playing it straight.
0: I agree I've watched that I watched it for the first time a number, like a couple of years ago mm. and again, most of the jokes are of its era yeah um and you know throughout the film I was like, oh, this isn't too bad, this is very much of its time um but the one joke that I think sent me over to over the edge of oh my god that definitely wouldn't get away with today mm. was oh air israel please hold <laughs> and then they cut to the plane and it's it's, it's got a beard and it's got yeah. and it's like oh my fucking god because <laughs> I watched I know I watched it for the first time a number of like two or three years ago and I watched it semi recently on Netflix yeah and it, I enjoyed it for the second time but yeah yeah, yeah. there's lots of things you miss
1: but yeah and it's well, good. I think it's one of those ones that there's an adage that that the best in, in a comedy, none of the characters should know they're in a comedy. Right. Everyone in the film should play it straight, and apart from a couple of, there's one bit in Airplane where Ted Striker looks at the camera, and goes, "What a pisser," when, <laughs> when Elaine walks off. Right. But that's that's the only kind of fourth wall breaking bit. Everyone is. Dead serious.
0: Oh, except for that over-the-top guy in the air traffic control centre who I oh yes, (laughs) I didn't feel he added much.
1: No, but he was funny. Yeah, but but you know what I mean? Like that 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 thing of like the best comedies are ones where the characters don't know they're in a comedy. Yeah, agreed. What's happening to them is real and it's it's serious, and this is like the the template for that because you've got you've got dramatic actors. You've like like Leslie Nielsen, like Robert Stack, like Lloyd Bridges. And they're, they are all serious actors, but they're saying and doing ridiculous things in a very serious way. And that's thats what you need. That's what you need.
0: No, that's a very, very good shout.
1: Right, your go. Okay,
0: it's so another TV show. I think I prefer comedy TV shows mm. doing my list. Mm-hmm. Um, my overall mentions will include films. Anyway, uh, one of the TV shows that I come back to... Regularly is not one of these like nice long running comedies because you've got to work harder to make them funny over a number of years. So, yeah, I used to watch The Big Bang Theory, I used to think it was brilliant. It finished, yeah, I wouldn't go back and watch it again. How I Met Your Mother, exactly the same. These really long running sitcoms. Mm. So, I like short, concise comedies. You know, it is a laugh a minute, but they don't have to drag it and beat a dead horse. Yeah, some might say the third series of the um. Show I'm about to tell you was crap. Some might say it didn't need a second film. I'd argue they're perfect. <laughs> Mentioned it earlier, the Inbetweeners. Mm-hmm. Still think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's very relatable to anybody who went to school in Britain. Yep. I think at any age. So I watched it for the first time when I wasn't in A levels. So you know, mm. I wasn't seventeen, eighteen. Thought, oh, that's funny. I knew people who were doing that age. But once I went through it myself and. You are trying to get served down the pub, mm. and you are trying. You got any ID? Oh no, trust me, mate, I'm 18. Mm. It it's very relatable. Um, yeah. you've got that idiot friend. You've got the one that is always making stuff up. I mean, I met mm-hmm. my my making up friend at university, not um, not in school. But mm. you know, people like them. Yes. And the film again, lads' holiday. Most people go on them. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, gap year. Most people have a gap year.
3: Mm-hmm. I had a
0: gap year. I didn't go travelling. I worked, but <laughs> you know, point being, I had a gap year. Yeah, it's fun.
1: But <laughs> what to say, really? Yeah, you're right. They 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 hold up very well. They don't feel like they've aged particularly. Um, great performances, and and as you say, they've they've got those Iker characters that everyone knows at school. Um and the, yeah just funny just funny
0: cuz even down to like the head of sixth so you know we're talking um Greg Davis here I love Greg Davis mm. and my my head of sixth wasn't a nutter like Greg
3: Mm.
0: well no even no sorry, Mr Davis isn't a nutter he's just, sorry Mr Gilbert isn't a nutter he's just scary and intimidating my head of sixth was probably about 5 foot 4 Mm but built like a brick shit house.
3: Mhm.
0: So he scared you for just a different reason. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 car itself is a funny character. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. mate had a you know, back in the day, it was a decent-ish car, but it started to fall apart and, mm. you know, we'd be driving back from a festival and the window would randomly fall down. The lights would mm. go off on the motorway, like, oh, fucking hell, we're going to die. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, I re-watched them all recently and they were still just as fun. They're like a yeah. comfort blanket, I think.
1: Yeah, no, they are. They, they are good. They are good.
0: I've lost count how many I've talked about now, so I I'll, don't know. I'll, I'll throw
1: over to you. <laughs> That's all right. My, my next is Hot Fuzz.
0: Ah, yes, the middle of the Cornetto trilogy. Well,
1: I was tossing up, bet- again, sorry, between um, this or Shaun of the Dead. I like The World's End, but I think everyone would agree it's not the best of the trilogy.
0: I like The World's End, because, again, yeah. it's one of those, it's just a little bit too silly to be mm. taken seriously, yeah. whereas Hot Fuzz is set very much in reality. You know, we have murderers. yeah. yeah. And then Shaun of the Dead's a very good parody.
1: Well, I mean, they, Shaun of the Dead's a real zombie film that just happens to be funny.
0: Which almost parodies. I I think it's Dawn of the yeah. Dead?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but but do, do you know what I mean? So I, I think I, I've gone with Hot Fuzz because it's just, it's an out-and-out out comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's actually some great action in it. Obviously, oh, yeah. Performances, it's not just Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. You've got great, Jim Broadbent. you've got Jim Broadbent, you've got Timothy Dalton. Um, it's just fantastic.
0: What's his face? Uh, Addy Considine, Constantine. yep.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's uh, the other guy, fuck me, Rafe Spall, yes, him. You've, you've got um, Livia Coleman, Olivia Damon Livia Coleman, Coleman's brilliant in it again, Kevin Eldon. Bill, Bill Bailey? Bill Bailey.
0: Uh, uh, is it Edward just,
1: Woodward? Uh, Ewa-woo-wa. Um, <laughs> you just... Not just deal with it. Just brilliant, brilliant cast. And yeah, I I love Shaun of the Dead. I genuinely love Shaun of the Dead. But I just think Hot Fuzz just pips it in terms of like the the comedy... And the genre, the you know, the police action movie kind of thing. It may as a slasher movie, serial killer movie as well. Um, yeah, just just great.
0: One of my favourite lines. Well, no, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm gonna preface this with two different things. So, so first off, Sean, uh, hot fuzz. Keep it on topic. Um. So I lived in the South West for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know you travel to various different villages every now and again for for a day out, don't you? Yeah. And I've been to Glastonbury several times and some mm. of the surrounding villages, and it really is like that, you know, that postcard picturesque area, and they really all do sound like that. And the whole, you know, we're trying to win the flower show this year. It it's 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 legit. Yeah. And I've not been to Wells uh, to look around, but I've I've been through it, and yeah, it. I think it, piss takiness of it is, is Mm, well-founded and uh, come back to Shaun of the Dead. One of my favourite lines from that is in the opening and it's what you're all a bit like after a couple of beers, you're slightly offensive, but it's actually a term of endearment. Mm. Can I get any of you a drink? I find that so funny. I don't know (laughs) why, because it's just, it's it's terrible. Why would you call your mate that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're all like it. Yeah. Anyway, but that's not about the zombies. (laughs) No.
1: But no, um, it, yeah, they're a great trilogy of films. But I just think out of the three, I'm going to go with Hot Fuzz on that one.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I'd like them to do something different because Paul was pretty good. But I'd like them to come back to Edgar Wright.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice if they if they came and did something else with him. Yeah, I've forgotten if I'm at four or five. Well, I've just done four. Okay, so I have probably think... got one left. Okay, it's
0: gotta be it's gotta be a film in it. Gotta be. Go on then. What film could it be? Because, like, I, I, you know, Back to the Future is is, is a sci-fi comedy mm. kinder, but mm. I wouldn't put that in here as a comedy because it's not like an out and out. True. Car. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'll be honest, I don't really know what else as as a comedy film. Just because I don't, I don't think I've seen many in recent years anyway. You know, a very funny film. Hmm. There's films with funny bits in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'll t- okay, okay, okay. I'll tell you some of my fate they used to be like you'd get home late at night and you'd just stick it on because it's mm-hmm. amusing. Um the twenty one jumps well, the jump
1: street movies. Yeah.
0: I found them really good.
1: They're very good.
0: And I've never very watched good. the originals, but you know, some good cameos mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that crossover with men in black would have been quite fun. Just because yes. it's a bit stupid. Yep. But, yeah, 21 Jump Street used to be on 22. It used to be a really great um, come home after a night out. <laughs> you just stick it on the telly at university or whatever and you'll have a giggle. Yeah.
2: They are great films. And one
0: they of my favourite bits in it, and it, I was talking to a friend the other day and this got spoiled for them because they'd seen clips of it. Right. And, um, with Ice Cube realizing something had happened with one of his family members. I'm just gonna leave yep. it at that because you haven't seen it. It's one of the best reveals ever. It's fucking brutal. Jim, because... Do you mean
1: the look on his face? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. and then yeah.
0: Schmidt just having to sit there and take it and Channing Tatum <laughs> acting like a child. It's yeah. so fun. Channing Tatum is I think he's an underrated comedic
1: actor. He is. He's very have you seen Bullet Train?
0: Oh yeah yeah and talking of bullet Train, that character is it a sex thing uh, yeah. <laughs> think, think think back to um this is the end with Seth Rogen and all that yeah he he plays a is oh, it a mean, sex gimp, gimp in kind of that thing, yeah <laughs>
3: he's
0: <laughs> he's known for it ah oh, see you've said that now my my brain's like, like super bad what a comedy <laughs> that is oh i wasn't keen on that you know were you
1: not no oh, i liked it no, nah. I, I, it was one that I kind of, I got why people liked it. I got why it was popular, but it just wasn't my thing. That's all Not. I should say. Anyway, so, that's fine. But yeah, I,
0: I think I just panicked a bit and said twenty-one. But yeah.
1: But no, that's a good shout. They're great films. They're hilarious. Um. I've got loads left, but I'm gonna <laughs> go with I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with t- one more. Go on, and it's a TV one. Oh, there's two. No, I'm gonna go with one more, but I have got a few honourable mentions. Yeah, me too. Right, TV, and again I'm cheating slightly. League of Gentlemen struck, Psychoville struck inside number nine.
0: Yeah, fair. I'll allow it.
1: The whole team, well, not the whole team because they didn't all make all of them, but those shows from those, that creative pool, just brilliant. League of Gentlemen obviously was just like, again, there's just like nothing on TV like that before. Psychoville was just Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith as a proper full on horror comedy. And then Inside Number Nine is still going strong uh how they manage to come up with new stories every time just baffles me agreed um but i think it's one of those shows what really attracted me to it is now i'm going to do the thing that you keep trying to do indicate how old i am but one of the things i remember watching on tv when i was growing up were these were like the 60s and 70s horror movies not British ones, not necessarily the Hammer ones, but more like Amicus and other companies. Slightly cheesy things like Monster Club, which was like an anthology movie. I think there were three or four separate stories in it. And you can see in the shows that these guys have made, and I mean, they, they talk about it in the interviews and commentaries and so on anyway, their love of the 60s and 70s like British horror you know, things like Wicker Man, which obviously they're referenced in Inside Number 9, the anthology horror movies, which they kind of pay tribute to in the League of Gentlemen Christmas special, which was a, like a, a series of stories. Just those whole kind of, yeah, just that, that kind of good old British horror movies. Mm. The the kind of the grotesque characters, the dark humour, it's all there. And you can you can see how much they love those kind of, things there's things like the theater of blood the vincent price movie uh dr fibes or Phoebes, however you pronounce it you can see those kind of influences in all the stuff that they make and yeah i just love it i kind of i kind of got the i got the wavelength straight away yeah it's the only way i can describe it you know um and and ever since league of gentlemen I'll just watch anything they do. And, and Inside Number 9, I just think is... We're big fans of that. We are big fans. And I okay. think that, that is going to be the thing that um, those two, at least, are going to be remembered for.
0: Let's do some Honourable Mentions and then we can do some the worst we've ever seen. Mm, so, sure. Honourable Mentions for me, I mean, I, we can't do an episode of comedies and not talk about Ricky Gervais mm-hmm. and, you know, The Office. Yep. Both American and the British one, although the British one's better. Yep. Um, you know, the awards speak for themselves. Ricky, uh, I'm re-watching Extras at the moment. Oh, That's yeah. just as fun as I remembered it being. Yeah, yeah. But those shows are fantastic. Yeah. Um, after I, I, After yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah.
0: I like Slapstick, so I was always a fan of the things like, like Jackass and well, Dirty Sanchez was just obscene, but mm. Slapstick with uh, Knoxville, most of the stuff that Knoxville does I think is, is just so funny because he's... Yeah. He's inspired by you know Buster Keaton and some of them those stunts. Yes. I like the Jackass franchise. I like the Jackass franchise number four mm-hmm. and four point five. It was great fun. Mm-hmm. But again it's that obscene comedy
1: that
0: is just disgusting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go as an honourable mention uh for a film is Borat, the first one. Is nice. Is nice. Just saw that in a cinema and I've never been in that... You know, some films you've got to see with the crowd, right? And I think comedy is one of those ones where the atmosphere just feeds more and more laughs. Yeah. And I've never been in a cinema where everyone has been simultaneously laughing, cringing, gasping all the way through all the right moments, and you come out of it and your face is aching. <laughs> And you're like, what the fuck have I just seen? How did he not get killed making that film?
0: Have you, I assume you've seen the second one. Yeah. Okay. It's
1: not as good.
0: I ah, see, not- I I enjoyed it because I think he took it to another level of yeah. He's yeah. Lu- he is lucky he didn't get killed. Yeah, true. But true. you know, it's I mean, it's I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen I think has done some good stuff for mm. comedy, but I also think he's done some terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Go on, any more? Um
0: don't think
3: so. Okay.
0: Like, you know, it, comedy is so subjective. I've seen some funny films.
3: Mm <laughs>
0: that's about it really. Um I, there's some T V shows that Evan rays about, it's hilarious. Yeah, oh, my, my face was hurting I watch it and go No. <laughs> that's not funny at all. I don't know what you're on about. And there's something like I think my sense of humour is um it's quite dark, so I like yeah. a black comedy.
1: Oh yeah, me too.
2: Me too. But again,
0: from the top of my head, I, I just can't I can't really think. I should have done some more prep, really. Mm. But like there's certain things like Everything Everywhere All at Once, Honorable Mention. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's a serious film, but this is one of the best fight scenes ever because oh, it's with gosh. sex toys. It's so silly. It's
1: Just brilliant. Just brilliant. And again, yeah. that's yeah, slabs yeah. element in there as well. Uh, I think my last my last one is gonna be um the day-to-day struck Brass Eye.
0: Oh, it's uh, Chris Morris?
1: Chris Morris. Yeah. And Amanda Yanucci was on the day-to-day as well. That It's his thing. So the day-to-day started out as a, a radio show called On The Hour. A fake news programme transferred to TV. Uh, and then Brass Eye was Chris Morris on his own at Channel 4, which went down the, the spoof documentary route. And there are both just pitch perfect.
0: Oh, I've just remembered an honourable mention. We're not allowed to talk or like about it. We're not allowed to like it anymore, but at the time. Thinking Chris Morris, sorry. The ITE crowd. But I won't mention it anymore because we're okay. not allowed to like <laughs> Linhan.
1: <laughs> That's fair enough. Understood. Sorry. Um and of course the the day well, on the hour and the day today, of course, was the birthplace of one Alan Partridge. Aha Which I think that deserves an honorable mention, just for the longevity of the character and the way he's the he fits so many different formats because he started out on the day to day and on the hour as a as the sports desk presenter. and then he had a chat show and then he had the like the sitcom in terms of like living in the travel tavern or wherever yeah. it was. And then it was like this time. That was with Alan partridge so it was back as like the spoof magazine show so the the how the character and then there's the film in between that and all that kind of thing so how the they've, they've he's been able to keep the character relevant and updated fresh, yeah. and fresh I think has been really well done. Uh, he even did a couple of fake like spoof documentaries for Sky as well. Um, which again are just fantastic. So I think the I think that character through all those different formats has has worked really well. And, and yeah, and I think I think that's it. I've got more, but we're we're going to be going on forever. So oh, I, I know. That, we'll we'll, we'll turn it, it to
0: the dark side of comedy now, which is the shit ones that should never have been made.
1: Now I'm going to caveat this with a thing about TV and film in general. Right, nobody sets out to make a Bad film, or agreed. TV.
0: Okay, fair, fair,
1: fair. Everyone in it, not everyone, but the intention is to make the best thing you can make. No one sets out to go, I want this to be shit. So, when, when I'm talking about something I fucking hate, that's with apologies to everybody involved. They were all doing their best, maybe agreed. not all of them doing their best, but they, they all wanted the best result.
0: <laughs> you tried your best, but not quite hard enough.
1: Yeah, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But but nevertheless, the film I'm going to mention in a few minutes I fucking love. But I love you
0: it. it. Okay, fair enough.
1: I'll let you do yours first.
0: <laughs> okay, so Dumb and Dumber was a a, a great success. Jim mm-hmm. Carrey, uh, Jeff Daniels, mm. um, and a number of years later they did a prequel called um, mm. Dumb and Dumberer when Harry met Lloyd. Yeah. I remember watching it at the time, going, yeah, ha 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 ha. And it was only then did I did I then watch the the actual sequel, which I think was unneeded, mm-hmm. but it still captured the essence of the original Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Did I realize how bad Harry Met Lloyd was? Yeah. No. And it it was just unneeded. Like I, even the sequel was unneeded. Mm-hmm. But I think the the point of sorry the bit that made Dumb and Dumber work was Daniels and Carey. If you take them out yeah. of those characters, it doesn't work, and it's somebody trying yeah. to imitate, and that is always the problem with anything, whether it's a comedy or something. If you've got somebody trying to be another person who's already played that character, yeah. you can't get that, I hate to say it, the better portrayal out of your mind. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: That's my that's my bad one.
1: No, I think that's fair. I think visually, the, the guys they cast as the characters looked okay. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they kind of, yeah, okay, that looks a bit like Jeff Daniels. That looks a bit like, yeah, you know, um, uh, G- the other Jim one, Carey. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, it's just why? <laughs> why? Because, as you say, the, there's those characters were so Jim Carey and Jeff Daniels. Yeah. I mean, that, that was them. Anything else is just a bad impression. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that one. Mine is the 2003 film The Producers.
0: You not think it's 2005, actually? Is it? Do you want to update Let your sources?
1: Let me check that one second. Mine is the 2005 film The Producers. <laughs> Seamless. Which is the film version of a stage musical based on the original 1967 Mel Brooks film. Now, the original film, Mel Brooks, classic, comedy, leave that one well alone, no complaints. The musical, I'll be honest, never seen it, the stage musical. Don't know whether it's good or bad or what. But film version of the musical is unwatchable. And it's because... They don't. They they, they're not changing their performances to be in a film. They're performing like they're on a stage, and the person three hundred feet away in the back row has got to see and hear everything they do. So they're massively over performing.
0: That over the top caricature esque that musical theatre is.
1: Yeah, because if you're sat in a theatre, hundreds of feet away, yeah, you need to see what they're doing. Subtlety doesn't work, right? But they're not in a theatre; they've they stood three feet in front of a fucking camera, yelling that, that picks up everything, and they're yelling and over gesticulating, and and it's just it's awful. I have to the, watch this now. The only reason I sat through that film. Was because Will Ferrell's in it. And I thought, weird if,
0: person, I'd avoid and I, it. And I
1: thought, if nothing else, Will Ferrell can come in at the end and save this film. And that does not happen. And it's an awful, awful, hateful film. And that's me. That's my choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's I think, yeah, films that don't need a prequel, don't need a sequel, mm. you know, like decades after. Mm. Um, Remakes of films that are trying to be a different film. So, Book Smart's a good example. I enjoyed mm. it, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't needed, wasn't necessary. Mm. Mm. Um, and it's a bit like Disney having the issue where they need to keep remaking their films to avoid losing rights. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, the Ghostbusters uh, rehash with Paul. Paul Feig? Yeah, yeah, it's Paul Feig, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um again, it was unnecessary. Afterlife was coming a couple of year, a year or so down the line.
1: Well, they didn't know that though at the time, did they? But,
0: but I'm surprised. But you know, that was a film that was unneeded. It got a few mm. chuckles, but it, you can't touch the original. Even mm. Afterlife, as fun as it was, it's not as funny as the first two. Hmm. Mm. But you know, there are <sighs> comedies. It's something that you really, really liked. And I tried to watch it and it got better. It was Auntie Donna's House of Fun. (sighs) Now, again, it's that absurd comedy. And I'm trying to get through Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave. Or I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix. Yes. And that's a a very typical American comedy. Lots of loud shouting and just over-the-topness, which the Yanks seem to love.
1: There is, but, but there's a couple of sketches in that Seen the one in the first scene, I think it's the first sketch of the first season, where the guy's trying to leave the cafe and he's pushing the door oh, the wrong the way. That's the second,
0: that's a job interview in the second season. Like, is that what it is? Yeah, I, it? I watched but it the other day, actually. That is funny.
1: He's refusing to acknowledge he's pushing the door the wrong way. <laughs> and just he doesn't this, want to look
0: like a twat in front yeah, of his employer. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And that just cracks me the fuck up. And the other one where... The argument in in the car park where the guy goes, "Don't you know how to drive?" and he's like, "No." Have you seen that one? No, I don't think so. Oh, maybe you've, you maybe still got to get to that. But there's an argument: two guys arguing over a parking space, and one basically says, "Do you not know how to drive?" and the other one's like, "No," oh. and then it just kind of escalates from there. Uh, okay. But that again, that's that absurdist humor. Yeah, it's which it, I think just, I struggle with where you, where they kind of push things and Anthony Donna do the same they they push it they push it and they push it
0: I like the musical That's... elements of that I like musical comedy so again honorable mention because mm. it's all coming back to me flight of the concords mm. that kind of mm. stuff I really mm. like um likes of Tim Minchin I think if you can write writing songs is hard I know I yeah. know that very well Yeah writing music is a, is a is a gift you Yes can play music but actually coming up with it is a different story
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. And I
0: think yeah. being trying trying to be funny whilst writing music is even harder.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And Lee Evans was one of my all time favourite comics. Mm. I-, I don't watch him very often anymore, but because well, one he's retired, but two I don't, I can't, I don't know where the DVDs are. Anyway, Kiwi mm. used to finish his shows with a song, which are always a bit weird. Yeah. But again, it's just it's a talent, and it, they were amusing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, it's um yeah comedy's comedy are comedy's good when you find something that just tickles you cuz it's like a lot of the films i watch or tv shows it, i'm not even kind of laughing out loud uh, but it's just internally. that that chuckle or you know you appreciate the 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 gag the inside joke or yeah. you know um yeah, there's so many. I mean, my list of honourable mentions is longer than my actual other list. You know what <laughs> I mean? there's just so much stuff. Um, but yeah, there we are. Comedy,
0: and what a fun it, time we had talking about. I think it.
1: we managed to get through it, didn't we? So, if there's any other, rec- if anyone's got any recommendations, leave leave some comment on it. Any you know, and and feedback. Any comedy recommendations, and or, we'll, yeah, or we'll if we've got out. it
0: drastically wrong, you should let us know because everyone's got a uh, fucking opinion. The fact that we haven't had any opinions thrown at us is is remarkable.
1: <laughs> so, you know, uh, well, everyone else's opinions are just wrong. That's not-
0: but yeah, that, I mean, that's it. Thank you to Warren right. again for come talk to us, spending some absolutely. time, absolutely,
1: absolutely, <laughs> nothing like and, free advertising, uh, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, yeah, if there's any of our choices you disagree with, well tough um suggest something better and uh, we we might check it out
0: but yeah thank you for listening
1: yes see you bye. bye bye